Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 74 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this podcast. Welcome back if you are a regular listener and an extra special welcome if you are a new listener. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. My guest this week is Erica Salvamini, and we'll be talking about Dali. But first, in some doggy news... We go to Queensland here in Australia and a young, around about four and a half year old staffy by the name of Millie was playing in the backyard with her new friend Tonka who was just a couple of months old and unfortunately they had an intruder. Millie took the lead and defended Tonka from the brown snake that had got into the yard. Millie uh, disabled the brown snake, uh, but in doing so, suffered quite a few bites to the face and paws. Millie and Tonka's guardians were at home at the time, so it wasn't too long before they noticed that something was amiss with the pair of dogs. Uh, Rushed them to the vet. Tonka was pretty much cleared, and Millie had... The anti-venom treatment uh, spent the next four days there and they are now recovered and all back together again. Now, we all know dogs and cats can be an interesting mix. So when the guardians of Raylan, uh, three years after they rescued him, brought home their first foster kitten, they were very relieved when Raylan played and enjoyed the company of the kitten and basically became a foster father to the kitten. Um, We fast forward six years and Raylan has apparently been a foster father to around 60 kittens and a lot of those are on Raylan's Instagram account which is amassing quite a few followers And as I've mentioned followers, I'd just like to say I really appreciate all the followers of this podcast. It's great to see people enjoying other people's stories about awesome dogs. And I would really appreciate it if uh, you would like to tell more of your friends and then you could have even more to talk about. And yes, dogs are awesome. Speaking of... Here is this week's interview. Welcome to the Relax Dog Podcast. I am here with Erica Salvamini. How are you? I'm great, Robert. Thanks so much for having me. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you very much. (laughs) So uh, whereabouts in the world are you? I'm in the US of A. I'm on the East Coast in New Jersey, northern New Jersey, so where I'm at, you can actually see the New York skyline. So that gives you some perspective on where I am about in the world. <laughs> oh, nice. And who are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about my Dolly, Dolly dog. And that's, um, she's got an interesting spelling. It's more like, well, not more like, it's actually spelled D-A-L-A-I, like the Dolly Lama. She's a border collie and she has, she was born with, what they call the Buddhist thumbprint on the top of her head. So we were toying with some names when we decided what to name her. And there was a a few dollies that were popping up and I thought, well, why not make it dolly like the Dalai Lama for the, because she has this Buddhist thumbprint on her head. So, so that's, yeah. (laughs) So that's, that's dolly. Of course the spelling kind of screws people up a little bit. Like at the veterinarian, they're like Dalai. And I'm like, no, you could just say dolly. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you to take us back in time to just before you and Dali met and talk to us about the the hows and whys that that happened. Sure. 
Well, it's an interesting story. It was 2014 and it was November and I was getting ready to go to, I was, I was on my way to, to Othello, Washington. I was doing a, a bit of a volunteer effort, but also, so it was, there was a show called the animal house and it was a pilot program that they were just kicking off. And it was in the works for about a year before then. Um, and the show had a purpose. It had a noble purpose. And it was to create or rebuild animal shelters um, in places of need. Mm-hmm. And so they had, they did this little contest to see, you know, who would win the first, you know, rebuild. And so they picked this animal shelter in, in the middle of Podunk Nowhere, Othello, Washington State, um, beautiful area. It's uh, quite lovely out there. And the the animal shelter that they had was kind of like just this little tiny rinky-dink, nothing next to a garbage dump, kind of. And it was what they did have. There was a fire and it had kind of burnt down and there wasn't much there. So this lovely area won the contest to have this animal shelter get rebuilt. And I was invited to come on and be part of the show as they're, because I'm, I'm a groomer and I own my own pet spa. They asked me to be the groomer host. So I was thrilled, of course. And so I was on my way to this trip to um, basically what we did was we worked there for a week volunteering to rebuild the shelter, which is exactly what we did. And it was, it was, um, it was filmed and everything. It was a wonderful, one of the more wonderful things I've done in my life. Um, the show ended up not taking off because at the time there were a few other programs just like it, um, getting, coming off, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, being picked up. Mm -hmm. So this show ended up not being picked up, but it was okay. It was a, it was a wonderful, um, experience and, uh, met met a lot of wonderful people. And I'll get to the point of the story. (laughs) I, (laughs) <laughs> there was a lot of animals coming in every day being brought in um, off the side of the road. Either they had gotten hurt by a car, by a truck or abandoned, that sort of thing, which I guess happens all the time um, in the world everywhere, doesn't it? And so this mama dog, who was an orange and white border collie and her, her I guess, husband dog, he was a beautiful, very large black and white border collie. They had this litter of puppies under a tractor in Othello um, at this ranch. There was like a 7,000 Buffalo cattle ranch. It was tremendous. Mm. And so the the director and creator of this show, Animal House, um, Rebecca Rodriguez, went to the owner of the cattle ranch and said, I, I see you have these little tiny puppies, these border collie puppies underneath this tractor, and they're probably going to get eaten by coyotes. And he said, yeah, they probably are. And that's just kind of what happens. And it's just a matter of fact. And she was not taking no for an answer and offered him some money and said, can I take them? I will find good homes for them. And he was like, yeah, sure. And even was able to get the mama fixed so that she wouldn't have any more puppies that would end up underneath the tractor and probably get eaten by coyotes. So on the set, these puppies arrive and by the time I got to see them, because there was so many, there was like at least a thousand people on the set between volunteers and the people doing the show themselves. They were all spoken for except the one, which was Dolly, which was supposed to be my girl, uh, apparently, because she ended up being my dog. Mm-hmm. And um, I sent you one of the pictures, which was the picture of me picking her up and holding her. And I was just, I was, that was it. I was done. I was done for. Now, back at home in New Jersey, I had another adopted border collie who I didn't know was a border collie for many years because she was tricolored and I didn't know like the the numbskull I was. I didn't know the border collies came in these multicolors and she was she had many different colors, but she was, in fact, a border collie. She was very quirky. And now I understood I understood why after the fact. Um, But she was older and unbeknownst to me was going to pass away in four more months. And I didn't know that. So. I was able to bring little Dolly home and they were able to spend the next four months together. And Paloma was my older girl who ended up having congestive heart failure. Um, 
she kind of schooled Dolly on the ways of being a, a big girl puppy and helped her grow up just a little bit. And Paloma got to spend, you know, the next four months of her life with Dolly, which was really nice. And I have two yes. little boys at home. So who at the time were, let's see, five and six. So it was really special that I was able to bring Dolly home without knowing that this was even going to happen and kind of helped, you know, heal some of that pain of that loss that was coming. Mm. So, yeah. So how were the, how were the first few weeks or first say month or so with coming home with, with Dolly into that new environment and being such a young pup? Yeah, it was interesting. I had always adopted older pets from shelters and I had never, that was, you know, I'm 50 now. So, you know, I was like 44 then or so. And that was the first time I'd experienced raising a puppy. So it was a lot of round the clock tending to and taking her out, you know, at the wee, in the wee hours of the morning. Um, and it was, it was cold winter months. So that was, I was like, oh boy, here, here I am doing this. This is what's happening now. <laughs> I, I hadn't planned on getting a dog. I didn't plan on getting a puppy. I called my husband then at the time um, from Othello and was like, this is happening. Look at this picture of this puppy and, you know, FaceTiming to see the dog. And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, (laughs) I'm kind of doing it anyway. (laughs) If you were here holding her, you would understand. And when I got off the plane with her, the, you know, the kids just came running over and he was, you know, she ended up becoming his dog. Like she was, she bonded to him more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, which was something special and, and that's okay. You know, that's just, that's just the way things happen sometimes. But, um, she, she kept me on my toes, you know, it was like having a baby in the house again and, you know, what she chewing on and, um, but she wasn't really a bad puppy and she's certainly a smart puppy because she is a border collie and everything that they say about those dogs is my gosh, so true. Um, we had one of those little one of those little bells that they put on top of like um, a front desk at a hotel mm-hmm. and trained her how to ring that bell if she wanted something. And she learned within, I don't know, a few tries of just showing her. It's kind of astonishing what what she could do and pick up. She jumps through hula hoops for treats. Um, she does all sorts of things and uh, smart girl. Yeah. So. And um, and Paloma sort of like connected sort of straight away or was there a little bit of... A, I mean, Dolly was a puppy, right? So she's nipping at Paloma and, you know, wanting to tug on her tail. And um, Paloma was not... She'd, she'd put up with it for a few minutes and then she'd like... <laughs> tell her, all right, that's enough, back off. <laughs> back off runs, but she would let Dolly come over and, and snuggle with her in her bed. And, you know, she was at, at the end of her life. And so, yeah, she, she could only take Dolly in little spurts mm-hmm. and Dolly was little and full of energy. So she could go on and on and on. So we would have to intervene and like give Paloma a break. Cause we saw that she was getting winded and, you know, she, she looked she really looked her age once this little puppy came into the house. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we'd split them up and give them, give her a break, um, so which you know, she put up with her. What was the sort of setup in the house? Like did they free roam or did they have crates or? She had a crate. She did. Yeah. Um, did that last? I don't think that lasted for very long. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I, you know, I felt bad leaving her downstairs. I wanted her closer to me. So I think after maybe a month or so, the the, the crate training thing kind of ended. Um, but maybe when we left the house, see, the thing is, I also own a, I own a grooming shop. So I was able to take her with me so that she wasn't alone in the house during the day, which was nice. Mm. So um, we didn't really have to do too much of the crate training stuff. And then we we had like little baby gates to quarter off certain parts of the house. So we'd keep her in the living room area um, mm-hmm. 
with us or I'd keep her in the kitchen depending on what we were doing and we'd, you know, close that off a little bit. So she wouldn't have full reign of the house um, right away. I, I, it was too much for such a little dog, you know? So, yeah. What about uh, sleeping arrangements and had, did they change over time? Oh, yeah. She, you know, it's funny. She wasn't big on the couch and she wasn't big on the bed either. As much as to my chagrin, I wanted her to cuddle with me. (laughs) And I don't know if that's a border collie thing, like they're working dogs. And so she was more interested in like, what, what, where's my next ball? You know, she, she focused her energy on balls, which I learned that border collies can become very myopic. And so if you, you have to be careful with the things that you do with them, um, although it can just happen anyway, my Paloma was myopic with squirrels. So she saw a squirrel, forget it. That was it. She was just, she was on that and you couldn't deviate. She couldn't deviate from it. Um, so we'd have to like literally drag her away from a tree and she'd just sit there and look up at the tree and bark and bark and bark and bark and bark and just wouldn't stop. And Dolly became like that with balls, mm-hmm. um, and Frisbees. And so, um, my point of saying all that was she wasn't a big snuggler or cuddler. It was, it was she was almost always like, you know, what are we doing next? What's happening next? Mm. And we were like, do you sleep? Does this dog sleep? <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of just, she, she would sleep by the foot of the bed on the floor, like near us. And um, she had her own little bed. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you, you mentioned the uh, the balls and the frisbees. Are there any other toys that she sort of played with? Not really. We tried lots of different things, but she had a real, she has a real thing for, especially for tennis balls. And to the point where we had to hide her, her crate of toys because it would be four in the morning and you're not ready to get up yet. And she's, <laughs> she's at you at the side of the bed and she's throwing the balls at you. Like she's hitting you with them. And then she's just, and then you you open your eyes and there's this dog's nose in your face. <laughs> and she's like, when are you getting up? When is our next playtime? And so we realized you know, she had tons of to- toys all over the house. The boy, the balls were the only ones that she would take out and do anything with. And eventually we started to notice, I don't know, maybe when she was about three or four, that her canines were getting shorter, her canine teeth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I never noticed her cracking them or breaking them or, you know, it's not like she's chewing on hard, you know, toys that would be breaking her teeth what's happening and I was getting worried that I was going to have to take her to the vet and have dental work done so I took her to two different vets it was the second vet who thank god was smart enough to say oh yeah I've seen that before there's you know or after asking a number of questions and she did ask does she like tennis balls and I was like well yes she does and she's like well the microfiber on those tennis balls acts like sandpaper. sandpaper. Yeah. And she was catching hundreds of balls a day. Like we would literally have to just, if you were sitting at the desk doing your work, you know, and our back door was right there. We'd throw the ball out the door while you're sitting at your desk doing your work. And she'd come right back in and we could do that for three hours straight, probably more. And she wouldn't tire. She would just keep going and keep going and keep going, chasing the ball, grabbing it, bringing it back, dumping it at your feet. The same thing over and over again. So eventually we had to stop with the tennis balls because those tennis balls were actually eating away the enamel at her teeth. So I'm guessing then that uh, games like fetch would be her favorite or does she have any other games that she likes to play? Fetch is definitely one of them. And then when my kids will go outside in the backyard to play. So she's got this thing. They play basketball a lot, both my boys. And she wants to play. She plays defense. It's the craziest thing. Adult men have come over and have said, she's good. Like she, (laughs) she, she keeps the ball away from me. It's the craziest thing. If she could grow hands and 
get the ball in the basket, she would do it. That's the only thing that she can't do. But she keeps on those kids like white on rice. It's it's the most hilarious thing. They get upset. They're very frustrated because she takes the ball away from them. So what we started to do was we give her another ball because she continuously deflates basketballs. <laughs> so now we have to keep the basketballs away from her. Mm-hmm. So we, we keep the, you know, there's like two or three that we let her have. And then we keep the good ones away up tucked on a shelf in the garage. And she also has this deflated little soccer ball that she'll keep in her mouth. And she uses it like it's a third arm or like another hand. And she uses it to hit the basketball with. And also it helps wow. her control her biting because otherwise she would, she tries to grab the ball with her mouth mm-hmm. and she can't do that. She knows she pops the ball. So she keeps always keeps something in her mouth now and will chase the balls that way or chase the boys when they're, when they've got the balls and they're trying to, you know, make a basket or whatever. So, and she's, she's good with soccer too. Um, the, the dog is, is, interesting (laughs) something to watch and play with because she's she's quite good and um quite agile so yeah she's she's interesting she's a funny funny girl man um and then and then of course frisbees which you know you you see all the dogs on youtube and out in the world playing frisbee and you know, mostly like border collie type dogs. And it's true. They just have this natural knack for it. Mm-hmm. And so we started with a nice soft rubbery Frisbee and she just immediately took to it and loves it. So she draws crowds in the park. People will stop. And um, cause that's another thing she could just do for hours. She could just run and catch, run and catch, run and catch, but she jumps up in the air and does, it's like, it's not enough that she can just catch the Frisbee. She's got to flip in the air and do all these fancy things and, and land in the opposite position that she was in when she started to catch the Frisbee. It's crazy. So we're like, you're going to kill yourself one of these days. You're going to twist your neck. You're going to give yourself whiplash, but she doesn't care. It's never enough for her. She's like high intensity. (laughs) Yeah. It's really funny. So what would her regular walk around your house be? Well, you know, Dolly has a lot of anxiety. So her walks became, they started to become a problem. Probably at about three or four years old, um, I'd say around Halloween, when she started to see the big giant decorations. I don't know if you got, do you guys have Halloween in Australia? We do, but it's it's only it's not not anywhere near as a bigger thing as as you guys have. Okay, yeah. So I think every year everybody's got to do it bigger. So they keep coming out with these crazy wild decorations that are almost nearly as big as a house, and they're out in front of your house, and they're like making all these scary sounds. And there's sometimes there's like smoke machines and all sorts of stuff going on, and they scare the heck out of this dog. She's already kind of a nervous dog to begin with, Um, doesn't like loud sounds. If a truck backfires or there's a motorcycle racing cars, you know, running, you know, driving past in the street, any loud noises tend to, she like, or there's a plane overhead, she'll flatten out. Um, It's really peculiar. I don't know if it's because she's like inherently like hardwired to be on a farm or something and this big city not that we're in a big city we're in a suburb um kind of like a suburb of manhattan so yeah i guess compared to being on a ranch that it is kind of a noisy environment so um the the point of all that is to say she stopped walking so we'd take her outside and she would just she'd put on the brakes and and like literally use her front feet and like put on the brakes and was like, no, I'm not going. I refuse. So we finally realized it was the decorations. And then after the decorations would go away, she started to get a little bit better, but never really quite recovered. And then, you know, summertime rolls around and then there's, you get these grand thunderstorms and those freak her out. So then she'd hide. We started noticing she was hiding in the bathtub and the shower 
shower stall, which was, was so upsetting. We felt so bad for her. And and then, of course, here you have like the 4th of July. And even on um, New Year's, people set off all these fireworks, mm. which I, I really just can't stand. They're One, they're dangerous and they can, you know, I, I've, I, I know of situations and stories where animals get hurt. Um, you know, I don't want to talk about that stuff, but it's real. And the noise, the noise is a real factor and it scares the the bejesus out of my dog. And there she is in the shower stall again, hiding, flattening out and would just stay there for hours and wouldn't come out. So the walks became a bit of a problem. So now it's the backyard. So luckily we have a, a large backyard or had a large backyard um, for her. Um, and that's what, that's what her outdoor time consisted of besides going to the park so that we, you know, there's a big giant park down the block for her to go and chase her Frisbees and catch her balls. And uh, so it was either the backyard or the park for a dolly. Nice. Yeah. And does she have any other like uh, special doggy friends down at the park? No, not really because even at the dog run, she wasn't interested in other dogs. My other dog, Paloma, was like that too. We'd get there. Again, that goes to the myopic thing. Um, border collies tend to be quirky pets. So they don't do <laughs> they don't do regular doggy things. <laughs> and so Dolly Paloma was only interested in squirrels. And then we we're like, oh great, we have the Dolly. You know, she likes to play ball with, with the ball and the frisbee. So maybe she'll like to go to the park and play with other dogs. No, wrong. <laughs> She's like, she'd get mad if we throw the ball and another dog would be like, oh, that's a ball. It's getting thrown. I'm gonna go chase it. We can play together. And she's like, uh no, that's my ball. This is my time. And she had wanted nothing to do with any of these other dogs. So yeah, kind of a bummer like that. <laughs> um, what about any other animal species that she have any other interactions? Well, we with? have two cats. Mm-hmm. Um, we had three, and she she's okay with the cats. She chased them a little bit, and the cats weren't really too fond of that. But she, um, our older cat Moose, who he's he's since passed away, um, we'd often find them kind of not necessarily snuggling together, but laying on the couch next to each other and kind of taking their naps together. So. There's a bit of camaraderie there. And Moose used to like to go around the neighborhood and get treats from the other neighbors. <laughs> and he was a big cat. He earned his name. And so sometimes we'd when Dolly would still walk, we'd be walking her down the block and all of a sudden Moose would pop out of a bush and then just start walking with us. And he'd go on walks with us with Dolly, which was really cute and the neighbors like that. That was a cute thing. I had the same <laughs> thing happen with, with Paloma. We had another cat that used to to follow us and walk with us on our walks, which is really cute. And um, yeah, so more friendly with the cats, I'd say, than the dogs necessarily. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> um, about going away on trips or or holidays? Yeah, Dolly liked that. She loves getting in the car. Um, we started to travel with her from a young age at about, let's see, what, how old was she? She was maybe six months old. We drove down to Virginia with her. And, um, you know, it's nice that there's a lot of hotels now that are pet friendly. So that's wonderful. And you can take your dog with you and, and travel and not have to worry about leaving them home. So she loved the elevator. At first she was like, again, the elevator would go up and she'd kind of like squat down like what's happening and then eventually she got really good at it and really liked it and she'd go in and she'd sit and she'd be you know like pride herself on her good manners and the people would always comment on what a good dog she was and just so smart and so well behaved and uh never never took her on a plane I wouldn't except for getting her home from Othello but you know we'd probably have to buy her her own seat because she's not small and can't fit underneath the seat and I certainly wouldn't put her in cargo because that would just that would not that would not be good I would be scared for that mm-hmm. and um but yeah she loves to travel and loves to go down to the beach loves the beach okay so in the car where's her spot um 
in the back seat, back seat, either the back seat or the way the the far back of the truck where mm-hmm. she could just lay down and and hang out. But the back seat she liked a lot because she loved to look out the window and like most dogs, you know. So she's very much a dog in that regard. She liked to look out the window and stick her head out and just have her ears flopping in the wind and the 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 wind blowing in her mouth and her tongue hanging out. So yeah, definitely a favorite. Do you? think she had a, a favorite place to visit that you drove to or that you ever spent a park spent holidays we'd have to spell it out p-a-r-k or <laughs> you know use use code words because as soon as she knew or thought or her, saw you putting on your sneakers she was like at the door at attention <laughs> so but on vacation probably probably the beach she liked going to the beach and you know but it's hard playing in the sand with her because she, you know, diving after those balls and frisbees, she'd go face first and didn't care that her nose would be packed with sand and her throat would be packed with sand and she'd just keep going. <laughs> but not a big swimmer, not a big swimmer. Mm-hmm. She didn't, she didn't really care for the water. And that was the same with uh, like still water as well as the beach or? She, we had a pool and she, she didn't really want to go in it, but she'd stay on the edge and monitor the kids and bark if they were, um, if anybody was splashing too much, she would get hysterical and run from end to end of the pool, barking and barking. I think she thought we were drowning and she was trying to save us, mm-hmm. but we could never get her to come into the pool. And she would, at the water, like still, well, you know, still water, uh, water at the beach, it kind of comes in and goes out. She would, you know, play at the edge of the water a little bit, but not really go into the water. So Paloma would go into the bay, at least when we used to go down to the beach with her, she liked to go into the bay and and would catch her, go chase her balls out there that way and do some doggy paddling. She liked that. Ah. And did that uh, sort of like not getting on with water transition to things like bath time and, and grooming? Oh boy. You know, that's a very funny question because I've been grooming dogs for almost 20 years now. And sadly, I have one of the, <laughs> I have one of one of the worst dogs to groom, which is hilarious because I'm the owner of the business, right? Dolly does not like grooming at all. So it would take two or three people in, in total, like myself and two other people to help comfort her, coddle her, baby her. Um, We'd use, we'd pull out all the stops for her. I mean, I own a compassionate pet care business anyway. That's basically, that's the foundation of my business. Mm -hmm. Um, Gentle pet care, gentle pet grooming. And so we've got our music going, the nice gentle relaxation music, uh, the solfeggio frequencies. And we pick the ones that like help calm your nervous system we have the diffuser with the lavender essential oils. So we've got all of that stuff and we're pulling it all out. We've got everything going when, when a dog like Dolly is in there. And she was great in the bathtub for the water. Interestingly enough, she would just kind of stand there and freeze like a statue, like, oh my God, when is this going to be over? <laughs> but as soon as we got the dryer near her, she just would howl and scream and swat. And so we have these like little head socks that we put on her that kind of pin their ears down to their head to help kind of quell that noise a little bit. And that would help a lot. And then, but again, there always had to be somebody there standing there talking to her, babying her, um, giving her treats. Peanut butter was her favorite or is her favorite. So that helps. And then once I got her on the table, the brush. Oh my goodness. That dog just does not like having a brush anywhere near her. (laughs) So we would just, just lots of distractions, you know, somebody would have to talk to her, distract her, hold her. Um, and you know, and then at some point you just kind of wave the white flag and be like, all right, that's enough. You look good. (laughs) Grooming time is over. (laughs) Uh, Nails. Not so bad with the nails. Interestingly enough. Not great, but not, you know, would let us do it with a little bit of a fight. So, yeah, she make us work for it. That's for sure. Mm. Um, Health-wise, has she ever had any sort of issues or and trips to the vet? 
Not too many, mostly like no surprise, um, like sprained neck, back type stuff. Because, and, and the vet told me, you're going to have to watch her because this is the thing that we see the most in border collies because they don't understand go easy. <laughs> They're used to working 16 hours a day on a farm and they just go, 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 go. And for a dog like Dolly, go, go, go means, you know, getting the ball. That was her job. Like she felt that was her job and she needed to do that. And she was going to do it the best of any dog out there in the world. And so sometimes she would pull her back out, you know, and sprain herself and she'd still try to go. And it's kind of crazy. So we have to just kind of, we pack up all her balls and toys and put them away and not, not play anything. And she just sit and look at us and cry and whine. And it was very sad, <laughs> but we have to just go easy when that happens. Also the, the pads on the bottoms of her feet, when sometimes if she'd chase balls on AstroTurf, cause we have a very long driveway and if we weren't say we didn't go to the park that day, but she was in need of some extra exercise, we would throw the ball down the driveway and she'd run back and forth and back and forth, back and forth. And we realized that doing that too much, she was wearing away the, the bottoms of her pads because she was so aggressive in her running. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, lessons learned and you, we, we just would go easy and um, would take about a week for her, the bottoms of her feet to heal and she didn't care. She was still going. She was like hobbling on these raw pads of hers. And she still wanted to go and chase those darn balls. Uh, yeah. Very, very but, stoic and, and very, yeah, you know, very yeah, stubborn it's unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely. So I can see how I, I understand why they use them as working dogs and, and how phenomenal they must be at their work. Um, we even took her to a a sheep farm an hour away from our house. We researched one where the woman would let you bring your border collie to work with. It was too bad. She wasn't closer to us, but she would, she let Dolly like work with the other border collies and, and she had sheep that she could, you know, kind of learn how to herd. Mm -hmm. And it was, she was very young at the time. So she, but, like it, it was amazing to watch, to see, because, you know, it, it's just instinct. It just kind of, she knows exactly what, I mean, she would herd the cats at home. So we knew that she'd be good at what she was supposed to be doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad because you know that that's what her heart and what her soul wants to be doing. And so here I have this border collie living in this suburb, you know, of New York city and, you know, was that good or was that bad for her? I don't know. But after you have a dog as a pet, you know, how do you, how do you part with them and give them away? But part of us was always like, maybe that's where she's supposed to be. And honestly, I don't know that she would look back <laughs> if we left her there. She might be like, all right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> this is, I'm finally home. Thanks guys. But but yeah, she's, 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 a, she's ours. She's our family now, you know? So, mm. so she's not on the farm herding sheep, but mm. she loves it. She's real good at it. So apart from say the, any sort of herding things, has she got any other quirky sort of habits at home? Um, I think that's, I think that's the bulk of it. The, the balls and the, Yeah. No, I think that's pretty much that's 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 pretty much all of it. Yeah. When she's not doing that, what what's her favorite area of the house? She's kind of like the cats where they'll she'll take up different spots different times of the day. So tile floor if it's a warm, you know, hot day just to keep herself cool. Um, kitchen floor, back door where the sun's coming in, um, or by our bed at the, you know, at the foot of the bed. She used to love that mm -hmm. when we'd be sleeping. Yeah. Kind of, you know, so some, some regular doggy stuff. 
If I asked you what comes into your mind straight away and when I say what would be your happiest sort of memory or something that comes into your mind with you and her? Probably meeting her. That was really special. Um, And spending that time with her, getting to know her and then traveling home on the plane with her. She was just this tiny little peanut. And uh, bringing her home and the boys meeting her and how special that was. It was um, those were really fun days. Mm-hmm. And she was just a, a little puppy. And meeting, meeting Paloma. Yeah. I was going to ask before, how did she cope or did she change when Paloma passed and she was left by herself, doggy-wise? You know, we changed up the routine a bit for her. That's kind of when she started to come to my business every day. And I, I kind of did that on purpose. Besides, I didn't want to leave her alone. And I didn't want her to have to feel like she was missing Paloma. So she was pretty young. So she did okay. You know, I think if she had been a, a bit older, it might have been harder on her. But being so young... I don't think it really, you know, she was looking around for her quite a bit and, you know, going to her bed and stuff, but she came through okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And taking her to work with you, that would have been a, a, a positive thing for everyone and did that sort of impact on customers and other people coming in when they saw her? Oh yeah. They just, people would go gaga over her. She's just cute as can be. And, um, it was good for her to socialize too and meet all the different dogs and different people. And so I, I knew that that was important that, you know, I did my reading and, you know, how do you raise a puppy? And so there was, you know, a certain number of dogs and a certain number of people that they're supposed to meet within their first year to make sure that they get proper socialization. So that was really good for her. And, um, you know, even though she doesn't really necessarily want to go and play with other dogs, she's okay with other dogs. So, whereas I do have some pets that come into my business who you can see, especially now and during COVID, um, we call them COVID puppies Mm -hmm. in my business, just because you can see the difference, especially where there's like a family of dogs, where there's, you know, there's the dog that was there before COVID and then there's the puppy, the, you know, the COVID puppy. And that dog hasn't gotten much socialization and is super, super high anxiety, has um, separation anxiety, doesn't really do well leaving the parents because they're with them all the time at home. So I was grateful that Dolly didn't really have, you know, have those issues. And um, so, yeah, it was a good, it was a positive experience bringing her to the shop. Once she started getting grooms, um, not so much when she was younger, but after like a year, year and a half, she started to, you know, decide, she decided, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so coming to my grooming shop as she got a little bit older, started to get a little bit harder because she then associated it with her actually getting groomed as opposed to, I'm just going to hang out with some friends and everybody's going to tell me how great I am. So she loved going on walks and she loved people before, before she got scared of walks, before the phobias set in, she loved going out and meeting new people. She loved it when people, she would go up to people like, Hey, stop, talk to me. And she would make people stop and pet her and talk to her. It was very cute. So, so that was good. She, yeah, very sociable dog. Hmm. Can I ask you to uh, complete the sentence? I can't believe my dog ate. (laughs) My favorite boot. (laughs) (laughs) the heel off my favorite boot yeah other than that she's pretty good she didn't really destroy too many things it was up until about six months old and then she didn't really and and she wasn't really bad like as far as i know some dogs will like jump up on the counter and eat, eat your food 
Oh, you know what? She did one time we were having a family barbecue. She did snatch a burger right out of one of the kids' hands and <laughs> it was gone in an instant. And so was she. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, how was the the growing up with the with the boys? And did she sort of change at all? Was there a noticeable change at any, at any stage of life? Um, no, not too much. I mean, you know, puppies have more energy. Um, but then again, puppies take a lot of naps too. So mm-hmm. she got, it was nice that the boys had her, you know, and, and grew up with her and they learned how to raise a puppy and how to be responsible with her. And she was very protective of them and, you know, watched over them. Paloma was the same way, um, really good dogs. So, you know, not, you know, not too much changed. I'd say, you know, just as she got older, she got more, more like, you know, big girl dog stuff as opposed to puppy stuff where she would start to kind of look out for the boys as opposed to, them being playmates of mm-hmm. hers, but she still always loved to play with them, you know, out in the backyard playing basketball and stuff like that. So that, that never went away. Oh, no, nice. So anything else that's sort of coming to mind as far as adventures or. No, I think the, the one big adventure we had was taking her down to Virginia and she loved that. That was a really nice trip. And she enjoyed that and riding the elevators and stopping the, uh, the wait staff in the hallways and mm-hmm. getting to go into all the stores. It was a very dog friendly area and, uh, you know, kind of getting to go shopping with her mom and dad. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was probably our biggest adventure that she really enjoyed. We enjoyed it too. Oh, nice. Did you, did she go out on like a trail hikes and things like that much or? Oh yeah, definitely. We have um, a number of trails near us that became a regular uh, mainstay for us to go on these big, you know, it was a little bit, you know, bad, good news, bad news. Cause every time we went out, it was always like, okay, we're going out to play ball. We're going out to play Frisbee. So we'd have to leave the house with nothing in our hands and sh- to let her know that's not where we're going. That's not what we're doing. We're not going to the PARK. But once we got to the trail, she loved it. And she liked to, to go on the long walks and, you know, smell all the different smells. And it was just, it was, uh, you, know, you could see her light up. Her olfactory systems would all be uh, heightened and she would, she'd get into it. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, she likes that stuff. Wow, there ever any sort of like... Uh interesting experiences with any other species that are on the, on the trails? Did she ever see, um, not too many where there was like, you know, interaction, the, the, the nature, the animals that like lived there and that was their home, they kind of stayed away. Mm -hmm. So they kind of minded their own business and Dolly just kind of, observed walked and observed yeah do you think she had a favorite season i would say the cooler weather for sure yeah because she can run and run and run without getting overheated Mm -hmm. so you know fall late fall into winter time and then springtime definitely once it gets too too hot or too cold actually the cold never really seemed to bother her so I'd say, yeah, like fall into winter and then spring. Summer was not her favorite. I think that's probably the case for a lot of dogs. Lot of dogs yep. okay. Yeah. And snow? Yeah. Yeah, she likes snow. Snow is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> she liked romping in the snow. She likes to jump up and down in it and stick her nose in it. Paloma did too. She just stick her nose in a big pile of snow and just get her right down in there and root in it and just take a big sniff and just be like, what's under there? What I can't, because you know, they can't smell anything with that big giant blanket of snow covering everything. 
they're just, they'd walk and walk and walk. Like, where am I going to squat and do my business? <laughs> I can't smell my favorite spots. What's going on? And so they'd stick their nose in the snow and root around to try and smell something and figure out where, where they're going to go. But besides that, yeah, they love, they love playing in the snow too. Uh, nice. Yeah. It has been a very enjoyable conversation. Do you um, want to let listeners know about, again, about your uh your profession and your and your business. And if anyone wants oh, to contact you, where would they find you? Thanks, Robert. You're very sweet. Sure. Um, so I can be found at, um, well, the business name is Just Four Paws Pet Spa, and that's J-U-S-T and the number four Paws Pet Spa. And and that's the, our website name as well, JustForPawsPetSpa.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. You can find me Erica Salvamini on LinkedIn, um, where I talk a lot about my, we, we also just started a virtual grooming academy. So for anybody who is passionate about animals, just as we are, and want to follow their passion and work with animals, um, which is something I did nearly 20 years ago, I used to be in marketing and worked in big business. And I I always had a passion for animals. They saved me and got me through a lot of tough times in my life. And I wanted to, I wanted to pay it, pay it back and pay it forward and follow my bliss. So I turned that um, into a business and it's been wonderful. And there's so many wonderful people that I get to meet and, and get to help them turn their passion into working with animals. So yeah, if you're interested, check it out. Might be, it's, it's, um, because of COVID, we turned the academy into a virtual program. So you can pretty much take the program anywhere in the world, which is nice. And we're going to be IPG certified, which is the International Professional Groomers Association. So that way there's international certification on our, on our, on our certificates as well. So, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for allowing me to come on your show. This was really nice and it was wonderful to meet you and um, see all your, your wonderful dogs behind you on your awesome <laughs> wallpaper is awesome. I love it. And this was a lot of fun. Thanks, Robert. Thank you too. Take care. You take care. Bye. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Thank you to our new listeners in Philadelphia in the US and in Graz in Austria. I hope you're enjoying. If you'd like to leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on, it would be appreciated or even better, tell a friend. If you would like to contact me, it's podcast at therelaxeddog.com. Feel free to join the Facebook group. And uh, that'll do for this time round. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.